0: was essentially around the question of whether or not the right way to raise children, according to God's plan, was attachment parenting, was sort of the phrase, some of you know exactly what that refers to, versus like scheduled parenting, you know, where like you regiment your child's life, and in our little church, the moms had staked out territory, and the dads had staked out territory on either side of this debate, and were busy, busily like vilifying each other over differences in this debate, and I thought the most ironic thing about that debate was that this argument between these two camps of attachment parenting versus scheduling parenting were based upon two books, a book that represented the view of attachment parenting and another book that represented the view of scheduled parenting, and both those books were written by men. And so mothers, Christian mothers, literally all over the country had purchased these books and were stuffing money into the pockets of these men and as a result of it, going at each other's throats. And that is, I think, probably where Janelle and I both learned a kind of distaste for like gendered ministries. Because I think we really discovered that oftentimes these sort of identities are capitalized on in churches and in Christianity in order for a few people to make a profit around these sort of controversial topics. So, as we are debating various things related to motherhood, I would just ask you to pay attention to who is profiting from that debate. Consider that Before you tear down somebody else who is raising their child differently than you might be doing it, that's the backdrop for what I promise you is a sermon that I have never felt less qualified to preach. Uh, But here we go John chapter
1: 19 verses 25 through 27. We're going to take a step away
0: from our current series which is appearances of Jesus after his resurrection because today on Mother's Day I'm wondering about the mother of Jesus. What we can learn about motherhood and about this day from the mother of God. John chapter 19 verses 25 says this and And that is what the soldiers did, that is they crucified him. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. There you have the three Marys who have followed Jesus and empowered Jesus with their finances, nurtured Jesus literally, Physically nurtured him and also mourned him on his death. And when Jesus saw his mother, verse 26, and the disciple whom he loved, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Jen just referred to John. And anytime you see in the Gospel of John the phrase, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that is John referring to himself. Which you've got to love that. When Jesus saw his mother, and the disciple whom Jesus loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Now, would you pray with me before I just share with you some of the things that I notice about this passage? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for all the little ways in which we are here to raise our our hearts and our minds and our voices to you. We ask that on this day that we celebrate motherhood, that you would reveal to us your own heart as a mother, your own heart for mothers, and in that way, your heart for all of us. Since we all have mothers, teach us today what that means to be people who love and cherish and honor what it means to mother. Teach us how each of us, regardless of our gender, might be in some way mothering. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the uh, the mother of Jesus. the mother of the Messiah, the woman to whom uh, angels visited her and told her that she was pregnant, that she was about to become the vessel of that ultimate expression of creativity. And that often is what we say motherhood is all about. And I think that it's true. Motherhood is about creativity. There's something about the notion of within you, having a kind of conception of a new life, and the opportunity to carry that, and to nurture that, and then give birth to it, that whole lesson, that whole sort of physical lesson of birth speaks to creativity,
1: I think. And that's often where we go with what it means to be a mother, and I I think
0: that's very true. But I think there's something else to motherhood that this passage reveals. I want to attend to that a little bit. This woman who uh, was told by an angel that she would give birth to the Messiah, this woman who raised him diligently, who gave herself for this person, this woman who followed him as her own rabbi, this woman who saw him vilified and scapegoated and beaten and whipped and Put through a sham trial. This woman who with her sister and friend Mary stood by Jesus even when most of the male disciples abandoned him. This woman is watching her own flesh and blood be murdered on a cross. This is probably the most difficult moment of her life. This is probably the most difficult moment of her life. She's been through a lot. As a mother. And there she stands at the foot of the cross while most of the men in his life have abandoned him. And she is still attending to him as he dies in front of her. And when that happens, Jesus recognizes that she will be without a son. And so she connects him or connects her to the disciple John. Facilitates a new kind of family relationship. This, I think, is the image of motherhood that we sometimes neglect. In addition to this image of creativity, there is this other obvious image. Mary at the cross is the image of a mother's love, not just as creative, but as ultimately devoted. Devoted no matter what. I think that when we talk about Mother's Day, when we honor Mother's Day, when we think about our mothers fondly, when we think about our mothers with gratitude, when we think about our mothers and feel that sense of intimate connection with them, more often than not, it's not because we remember our birth, it's because we remember everything that that person did for us and sacrificed for us after that. And mothers will be there for their children no matter what. And there she stands at the foot of the cross, no matter what, whatever consequence she might face politically, whatever consequence she might face legally as a result of being connected to this man who has been condemned as a criminal, there she stands still committed to loving and caring and nurturing him at great cost to her. This, I think, is part of what Value and cherish mothers. Jesus himself demonstrates this exact same posture. When Jesus enters into Jerusalem, you remember this sort of scene, it's from Luke chapter 13, verse 34. Jesus enters into Jerusalem and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who stone your prophets and kill those who are sent to you. Oh, how I have brooded over you like a mother hen who longs to gather her chicks under her wing. This is an astounding passage. A man is equating himself with the ultimate act of femininity. That nurturing impulse to gather those wayward children, gather them underneath her wing. In doing this, Jesus shows us that this impulse of nurturing, of ultimate commitment, is not just something that's experienced by people who are born with the sex of female. This is something we all can express. I don't think I knew what it meant to be nurturing or caring until I met Janelle until I got to see the way that she was with our kids. I don't think I knew what it meant to really love, no matter what the cost, until somebody that I dearly love modeled it for me every single day. And I think that I am at my best as a father when I am nurturing, when I am being feminine in that sense. think that Jesus shows us that being a mother is something, it's a quality, it's a virtue that is held up high for us as a standard, both men and women, and any gender in between. the Old Testament, one of the names for God is El Shaddai. My bet is that in your Bible, El Shaddai is translated as God Almighty, because traditionally that's how we translate it. But El Shaddai is one of those curious names for God. You know, these Old Testament or Hebrew Bible names for God are meant to communicate something about God's character. There are a whole host of different kinds of names for God. They essentially say God is X or Y or Z, depending on the name. El, of course, is the old pagan Canaanite word for God. Shaddai is this other word that we still debate to this day what it means, but the most obvious meaning is God of the mountains. And shad, the root of that ancient Semitic word, literally means breasts. So when God is called El Shaddai, God is literally being called God of the great or many breasts. When God is held up as El Shaddai, it is literally God being held up as one who nurtures and suckles and cares for as a woman who breastfeeds her child. This is exactly the opposite of the images that we tend to think of when we think of the Hebrew Bible's version of God. We tend to think of God as a kind of warrior, God as somebody who's willing to do violence on your behalf to protect you. And of course, that is very naturally how we tend to think of masculinity. But here is the God of the Old Testament being compared to a woman who is feeding children, with her own body. It's literally the opposite of violence. A woman breastfeeding a child is a woman who is literally giving of her own body to nourish another person. Sacrificing her own body, producing food for this other human being in order to keep them alive. That is held up as this eye image of God, this Incredible image of what godly love looks like. This is, I think, the heart of motherhood. The heart of motherhood is the willingness to give your body for the nourishment and nurturing and care and love of another human being. It's the opposite of violence. And so I just think that it is incredibly ironic that motherhood has become a battleground. That it has become a place where we do violence to other people. Where we tear each other down. It's become, of course, a battleground of identity. So today, on Mother's Day, as others have already said today, perhaps you are a woman who can't give birth. But you want to. Today can be a very painful day for you if you can't give birth. And you want to. You might feel judged by Mother's Day because this day is held up as the day that women do what they're actually supposed to do. If that's you, I hope that is not what you hear today. Because you, of course, can be nurturing, loving, caring, giving in exactly the way that God has created us all to be, even if you can't give birth. Or perhaps you're a woman who doesn't want to be a mother. You probably especially feel judged today. Because often women are told explicitly or implicitly that being a mother is exactly what they're designed to do, and that is the best choice for them. But just as men can nurture, women can conquer. Women can pursue whatever vision of life it is they want for themselves, not just motherhood. And if you don't want to be a mother, that's okay too. You get to be who you are. Today doesn't have to be a day when you are compared
1: to those people who became mothers. Or perhaps you
0: here today as a man or a woman or any other gender in between, weren't cared for or nurtured by your mother. When I stand up here and I talk about how motherhood essentially means being so nurturing that you're willing to give up your body for another person, and that just sounds foreign to you. Because that's not what you've experienced. Maybe the only way that your mother knew how to love you was to go to battle with you. And so this day is hard because you struggle to celebrate that person who hurt you. If that's you today, I want you to know that that's okay. You don't have to set those wounds and that trauma aside to pretend that your mother was something she was not. I just would remind you of what Janelle said, that your mother is human. Now, we all fall short of these ideals. It's okay to love your mother for exactly who she is. She doesn't have to be superhuman. But she is human. And in that way, mm-hmm. deserving of love. And this issue, of course, has also become a battleground for politics. And so I'll just say this, as our country is now Reckoning with abortion again—that we will have that conversation at this church because we are the church of difficult conversations. If you hadn't noticed, uh, but I will say this: that that conversation will be led by women because of men I have opinions about abortion. And my reasoning might be good or bad, and that has nothing to do with my gender. But it does not materially, physically impact me. And like any other conversation, whether it's a conversation about women, or a conversation about LGBTQ folks, or a conversation about people of color, we will, at this church, Center the concerns of those who are materially impacted by these issues. And those conversations will be led by them. And when we have that conversation, my prayer as the pastor of this church is that you would remember that it is not simple. That there are Christians. Just like those mothers in that nursery back in Park City, there are Christians who vehemently disagree about this issue. That they are your sisters in Christ. That when we come to the table of Christ and we take communion, like Jen led us in today, we are mystically, coming a part of the same body. And because we are a part of the same body, we have not to do violence to each other. This one issue is not either or. It's not a winery It's not about being for or against abortion. and It's as simple as that. It's not about being for or against choice or as simple as that. There are people in this room this morning who have very complicated ideas and feelings and opinions about it. And it's my prayer that we would not do violence to each other while we're having that conversation. Instead, it's my prayer that we would like Christ emulate the example of his mother. Because I think that's what Jesus is doing when he connects Mary to John and John to Mary. He is living out the example of motherhood that Mary set for him. He is connecting them in a relationship of love and devotion that is itself the heart of what it means to be a mother. And it's my prayer that we would continue to be able to do that as a church. No matter what the political issues are, no matter what our disagreements are, and that we would come to a place where we're able to love each other in the midst of it. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for today and for this opportunity for us to gather around your words in the Gospel of John. We thank you for this opportunity to lift our voices in worship to you. We ask that you would teach us what it's like to be close to your heart as a mother. We acknowledge that even though it's Uncommon to say it, that you are our mother. That the word God is not gendered, that it does not exclusively communicate a sense of you as a man in the sky ordering us around, telling us what to do, insisting on our obedience, but rather that when we use these words to talk about you, mother, father, spirit, son, breath, love, all of these words really are just all the ways that we are trying to get a sense of who you are and how you are leading us and guiding us towards goodness. And so today, God, we do thank you for setting before us a good understanding of what is so loving and nurturing and powerful about mothers. We pray that even though we fall short, of that standard, regardless of our gender, that we would continue to be drawn closer to your ideal of what it means to love. We pray that you would do that work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you guys so much for joining us here on this Mother's Day. Uh, This was a very special service for us. Thank you, Kenny, Jolene, Lucy. We just have a couple quick ways for you all to get involved if you like what's going on here. The first is our Roots class is coming up this Saturday. It's only one day this time for three hours. It's both in person and online. Next up, we have our backyard family movie night. This is the first time we're attempting this as well. This is going to be at the Coker's house. You can RSVP, we're going to have a nice barbecue, fun family movie for all the kiddos and the family. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And lastly, we have a community group interest lunch. This is also new. So we are going to start up community groups in this church. So neighborhoods, getting together with people in their neighborhoods, etc. So we would love for you to come out to that. We'll explain kind of what's going on, see where your interest is in that. And lastly, as always, you can give if you'd like to support what we're doing here. Our mission here is very important and we rely on the gifts and donations from people like you. So before we close today, I just wanted to say I love the theme that Jason and Janelle were uh, talking about, this idea of motherhood being nurturing and comforting and all of that. And I just maybe wanna encourage you to think of one way today that the mother figure in your life did that for you. And maybe as a gift today, you could just simply tell them that, if you're still able. If maybe they're not around, you could just thank them in prayer. Because so I think sometimes I get wrapped up with, oh, what am I going to give my mom this year? Oh, crap, you know? <laughs> and sometimes all they want to hear is just the way that they impacted your life. So maybe what's just one way that they comforted you, that they were nurturing for you? And can you give that as a gift to them? So may the peace of God be with you. Also with you. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much, everyone.